Soviet. They might as well have fucking guys in night suits riding fucking horses outside in armor. Hey! Oh, Sir William Goldberg is here. Shall we have it? Everything about just having a fucking match. Hey, milady! loads up and swings that leg flexor right to Buck's fuck stick. Could you blow me to, to wake me up? Because it's WCW in the year 2000. We all know what the rules are. It's Graveyard. The Vampiro. The Demon. Oklahoma. Smart man's just blowing his load with glee at this point. <laughs> Can any man survive a sleeper hole? <laughs> okay, if I'm on red alert by the authorities, not driving around in a giant truck with my name on it. <laughs> Somebody is getting their ass kicked tonight. Who do secure my ass? Yeah, jack me off. Game the name. Ric Flair, you piece of shit. You're not gonna like it. There's piss in it. Like my notes over and over in this match were pretty much just this sucks. That's how it goes, man. Rip my dick off and beat me to death. Pump it up, I'm going to bash the beach. Put the hate top on, bash the beach. I'm going to pump it up to Hulkster Raft, bash the beach. Take off damn clothes and bash the beach. Gorilla Brain Wrestling Podcast presents The Year of Duke and Rogue. I'm your host, Duke Bags. Kevin Rogue. And he is Kevin Rogue. And uh, today we are covering WCW Great American Bash 2000. <laughs> it's the 10th and final WCW Great American Bash. Good riddance. They brought it back with the WWF in 2004. I don't oh, yeah. think I don't think they still they is anybody using the Great American Bash anymore? Uh, I think they used it as like a house show gimmick and called it just the Bash, maybe. Or maybe the last one they did was just called the Bash and not the Great American Bash, but I don't think it's in the circuit right now, the rotation. Well, it, nevertheless, the Son of a Bitch takes place June 11, 2000, live from the Baltimore Arena. It's the eighth Bash at this venue. Eight out of ten times at the same spot. Jeez, get a life. Try something new already. They must get along. Uh, they must be a good market for them there. Yeah, how well they sell? Pretty poorly. Um, that's the answer. I'm guessing probably about half full. That's that's been the <laughs> half been or the trend. sub half. <laughs> <laughs> so if you'll recall our last event, Ric Flair won a Rusey's Rules uh, <laughs> I battle royal. <laughs> So, Flair won a battle royal before Slambury, and he's supposed to get a title shot tonight. However, that's not going to happen. Um, he'll be featured in a father-son match. There's all sorts of stipulations in this show. we got a boot camp match, an ambulance match, tables match, asylum match, human torch match, and that father-son match. Everything about just having a fucking match. Like, just a match. <laughs> I think there's uh, there's got to be at least one match. 
right? Just a straight. Yeah, I mean, straight. there's matches, but there's just one fall to the finish. Around. Yeah, there's just horseshit surrounding them, though. You tune in to any of the programming in between uh, the slambery and this one? Yeah, I did. It's not good. So Miss Elizabeth became an active participant, is what I'm seeing. <laughs> in what? She she competed in three matches. So she got a DQ, went over Daphne. She also took Medusa to a no contest. And her third and final match was a victory over Rhonda Singh. Yeah, I remember that a little bit, because I think that was another one of the things that they everybody got pissy about backstage was that like Liz was having matches and she is not, she was, she didn't want to have matches. She's not trained to have matches, but she was getting paid like, you know, a tit job worth of money. So they were like, Hey, you're going to have a match. So it was, there was, there was a lot of things like that that was happening backstage. I think was uh, led to more disgruntled people. I don't think she's on this show though. Yeah, which is nice because I'm sick of seeing her. Heard that? Yeah, give it a rest, bitch. I guess outside of Liz participating in matches, um, the other big trend I noticed is the world title being tossed around like a hot potato. Yeah, we knew that going in though. Like we knew going into this year that the the the, uh, <laughs> the title was going to have more holders than you know magic johnson's huang so right yeah well chamberlain you, maybe a little wilt distilled yeah i'll give you the quick rundown here because it'll be kind of fun oh great give it to me so after winning that title last time around in the triple cage yeah double j lost it to rick flair who then had the title stripped by Vince Russo. Yep, makes sense. Russi then awarded the title back to Double J. Yep, he should have it. And then Big Sexy stole the belt from Double J. Just, like, took it? Yes, and then Nash and Double J faced off in an all-holds-barred match, which Double J won. And then the next night on Thunder, Big Sexy won the title in our triangle match against Big Papa and Double J. And then, oh, we're not done yet. And then the executioner gave the title to Flair. Just handed it over. Yep. And then a week later, Flair lost the title back to Double J. And tonight we're getting <laughs> Double J defending against Nash with Ernest the Cat Miller as the special guest uh, enforcer. So just hearing the the hearing that quick rundown of the world championship, you got any other thoughts? Yeah, uh, so it's just the most miserable way to treat your like your championship belt. It's the worst fucking thing you could do. It's like, it's kind of like if, say, all your neighbors, like, say, none of your neighbors possess a lawnmower, right? But you possess a lawnmower. But right. it's, you know, and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, you have it, then you have it. Now I'm going to give it to Darren. After Darren has it for a while, Bonnie's got to use it. Then Bonnie has it. Then you have it. Then I'm going to I'm going to need to use it because my lawn gets needs to get mowed as well. But nobody ever like gets their own lawn mower, so nobody appreciates the, the lawn mower that you're lending them. 
That's kind of how I see this. Like Vince Russo has the lawnmower and they just start tossing it around everywhere and nobody appreciates it. It's, it's about as good as a lawnmower at this point when you already have a lawnmower. <laughs> I can't stand it, man. It's fucking horrible. Plus it takes away from every single one of the title reigns. Every single one. When you're like, Oh, why don't you take the title? Sweet. I didn't have to do nothing. <laughs> now I got myself the title. Or if somebody just steals it, you could just fucking steal the title. Or you could just fucking strip the title. They they completely diminish the value of their world title. And they did it quickly. Right? They did it so quick in this last this last of year of, of WCW. Because before this, I mean, obviously championships are won and lost, but they didn't hop it around. Right. And and the way they're doing it now, they have diminished the value of that title so much in so little period of time. Like, it's just it's one of those things like, oh, man, I wonder why WCW failed. Well, here it is. Dick fuck. Dick fuck. I don't know. That's might be the cold medication. talking. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty harsh, man. Yeah, I know. I know. That's my bad. So Double J won the title for the first time last month. And now by now he's a three time champion. So it's, it's, it's this kind of booking that, you know, you end up with, so two of Ric Flair's 16 reigns are, uh, in the midst of this bullshit, right? Right. So you get everybody, you know, I think Booker T at the end of the deal is a five time champion, you know, so you get, you get people with inflated title reign of course numbers at the end of the day here, but. All right. Well, I mean, other things going into this deal, I guess Eric Bischoff defeated Terry Funk last week on on Nitro oh, yeah. to win the win the Hardcore Championship, and then he just gave the title to the Mamelukes, so they're sharing that thing. Makes sense. The show starts off with the highlight package. Yeah, let's let me. The show starts. Not like a pay-per-view, right? Not like a pay-per-view. It starts like an episode of fucking Thunder. They do clips. Like, it's just like a like backstage clip bullshit. It sucks. Oh, Bert, Bill Goldberg's back. Let's open our pay-per-view like a fucking TV show. That doesn't make it feel special. It's a pay-per-view. Why am I paying extra to watch this? Because it's Goldberg, man. Oh, Bert- fuck him. Is the don't you want to see what he's going to do? No, I don't give a shit what he was going to do. Uh, the one part that was pretty awesome about this in the open, they showed all those cop cars out there, right? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> you know those motherfuckers are old out of commission cop cars because those are like early eighties cop cars. <laughs> Might even be late seventies cop cars, and they're touting them out there. This is the year two thousand. <laughs> And I got these old fucking Matmobiles fucking sitting out there. I just lost it laughing. I was like, what the hell are those cars doing there? Where do you even get those cop cars, right? They had to be out of commission for a while. Cop cars don't run for that long. They had to get them from like a fucking museum. You think there's a cop car museum in Maryland? Probably. Ah, there has to be, man. That was fucking ridiculous. Maryland's one of the oldest states, so they probably got a... They probably got a cop car museum. They got a plethora of cop cars. <laughs> they 
it was fucking weird. Like it's just weird to see it. Like, oh man, there's the 1979 Tango Foxtrot uniform Charlie Car One out there. It's fucking silly. Like, and, and watching this, you're gonna believe this company, right? You're gonna believe this company has real cops and not like you know in quotations cops when they don't even have cop cards from the time period they might as well have fucking guys in night suits riding fucking horses outside in armor somebody bring the trebuchet Goldberg has arrived let me reel you in for a second here. Like, well, happy, <laughs> happy New Year to all our listeners out there. It is 2023. Yeah, I know. Are, are, are you sure that 23 years ago these cars were were outdated? Man, I would bet. I would bet the tip of my dick that those cop cars are outdated. They, I did. I did make a mental note that they looked old, but then I also had Some that. Some of them didn't even have motherfucking hubcaps. <laughs> they are ratty looking. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Why do we call up the Knights Templar to come guard the show? God damn it. So this is, that's the second spot leading up to a, a pay-per-view in a row where we've had the cops get involved. And this time, Billy Goldberg he beat yeah. he beat he beats the cops up, and he gets arrested oh, on, on Nitro. It's on Thunder, Thunder or whatever it's, the fuck. Yeah, yeah. It's like five days before this show. So you think you you beat up some cops? You're probably not gonna. This is part of the the their main storyline going in here. Like he's in jail, right? <laughs> You're telling me he's probably not gonna make the pay per view if he's beating up cops. You're usually not out that quick. No, no, you're not. <laughs> but but he is. That's why I think they really should have taken it a step further, right? <laughs> what would that be? You know, the knights in shi- no, the knights in shining armor, <laughs> right? Oh, a no, no, further step back. Right, right. That's what I mean. <laughs> get, get bring in the medieval guards. It was swords and shields. It would have been. I bet it would have been cheaper too, because you would have just got hired some of those assholes that worked the Renaissance Festival, <laughs> <laughs> and they just walk around with fucked up accents. Hey, milady! Hey! <laughs> oh, Sir William Goldberg is here. Shall we have a duel? <laughs> You motherfuckers. God damn it. That would have been all right. That would have added some intrigue. (laughs) (laughs) Some some real vintage uh, security in there. Right. Yeah. Why not? (laughs) Now, here's the question, though. Does that make it more interesting than these quote unquote cops that they have outside? A little more interesting, yeah. Less believable, for sure. Because at least these cops, they're wearing the blue and black, right? Sure. You know, they're they're looking the part. If you got your, you know, medieval guy on his steed with a sword, yeah. uh, it's, 
Well, you could you could, you could even line up some archers on the rooftop. <laughs> I'm sure that's what they used to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> Man, that's a fine idea, though. I've 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 complimented you before on your imagination. You got a got a good one. <laughs> Thanks. Let's really make this motherfucker memorable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should I get to the get to the event here? Or uh... yeah, one last thing about the open though. Uh, the guy with the voice is back for the open. Did you notice that? Oh yeah, I did notice the that. The WCW guy with the voice is back, and that was the only good part about it. Yeah. So Goldberg has allied with uh, Big Sexy Kevin Nash. Yeah. So we got to make note of that. And we also got Flair and Hogan both involved in retirement matches. Yes. All right. Well, we're going to kick this son of a bitch off like we usually do. (laughs) Cruiserweight title match. I think every show has started this way. Yeah, everyone so far. We got Lieutenant Loco, that is Chavo Guerrero with the Misfits in action, taking on the Disquo Inferno. So, MIA, they come out. They're not they're not going to war with a boner, right? That that uh, rip off of uh, the zoo by the scorpions. That's not their entrance music anymore. That part sucks, right? Their new music sucks. Sounds like something out of a Cheech and Chong movie. Not a fan, huh? Not a fan, man. Not a fan. What do you think of? Uh, what do you think of all the misfits in action falling in? Uh, let's see. Are you talking about where uh, General Hugh Erection does a roll call? Yeah, <laughs> misfits fall in, and then it's, Van uh, Hammer's late to the late to the fall in. He talks about his uh, who's got the important thing of the night, all that kind of shit, and then fucking Chavo Guerrero. Now this is where now okay. <laughs> I know my little idea of having the medieval knights and guards and archers and, you know, trebuchets ready for Goldberg's uh, monster truck at the ready is a little far-fetched. But Chavo Guerrero pulls out a grenade out of his pants, and he does the most annoying, like, uh, is it Pacino? Yeah, right? Yeah. Is it Pacino? Yeah. The most annoying uh, Pacino fucking impression I've ever heard. Uh, Say hello! To my little friend, it's it's horrible, man. It's even Sucks. more annoying that I just did it. Sucks. And then they, they put the, and we're supposed to believe he's got the motherfucker's got a live grenade. And then he tells he tells Disco that if he gets involved in the match, I'll kill you. <laughs> he says, "I'll kill you." That's not good. That's not fun. That's not creative. And they they bring left. a grenade to the ring, and they give it to fucking Penzer. I hear Penzer, you deal with this. And then Chava goes, you get involved in the match, I kill you. You don't. You will not. They laughs. What happened when Tank Abbott said, I'll fucking kill you? <laughs> they completely tried to cover it up. Now Chavo's saying, okay, this is, this is uninspiring. This is not creative. And another thing I can't fucking stand, right? So you get past, we're going to get past the old cop car, right? We're going to get past the fact that it opens like a TV show, not a pay-per-view. We're going to get back past the fact that MIA no longer goes to war with a boner, right? We're going to get past the fact that he brings a grenade to the ring, 
does a horrible impression, and then says he's going to kill a man. I still don't know who the face and who the heel is when these two guys get together. I have no idea. Is MIA supposed to be the face? Are the animals supposed to be the face? They're they're both positioned so lazily that like it, it blows my mind. It just blows my mind. They do this shit, and it drives me nuts. So Disco's no longer a Luke. No, but is he a face or is he heel, man? Mm, he's wearing a Kobe Bryant jersey. Does that do anything? No, I hate that, too. He, moment, of, so, moment of silence? For, for Disco? I hope. Kobe? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can, we can moment of silence Kobe, I guess. That was a whole thing. I remember that. All right, yeah, go ahead. Moment of silence. Silence. You know, I think one of the things about it, too, is even if you don't know who the face and who the heel is, the crowd doesn't cheer for either one of these teams or either one of the combatants in the match, so it really doesn't matter. I mean, Conan gets on the mic, right? Sure. And he he gets the crowd riled up. He, he gets to make a little bit of noise. Yeah, yeah. All right. And then you got Disco. Who's, he's got the Q now instead of the C, right? Yeah, he's a Q guy. He's a Q. They keep they keep calling they keep calling him the Hip Hop Inferno now. Oh, okay. All right. Because um, he's with the Filthies. No, sure. Um, what do you what do you think about the? He did this horrible like jumping DX suck it gesture. Oh Ever yeah! Seen, did you see you see him do that that job? Yeah, I seen I seen that. Yeah, yeah, horrible. Everything like, and you're a disco guy, but I think that we can both agree in this match, disco, the hip hop inferno, sucked ass. He was bad. You know, I think the only thing that separates the disco inferno from Stone Cold Steve Austin is disco's beautiful head of hair. I thought you were going to say, like, talent. Well, no, man. I mean, immediately immediately preceding that, that crotch chop, he did a stun gun, and he does the mud hole stomping, and his finisher's a stunner. <laughs> well, just because he's taking the, the moves from Stone Cold Steve Austin doesn't mean he's anywhere near the talent. He's got better dance moves than Austin. Oh, you're out of your mind. Ever seen Stone Cold cut a rug? I don't think he does. You ever watch him put on his jazz taps and go to town? Never have. Well, see, you know not which of you speak. So do you think Disco's lost any weight? No. Okay, I'm surprised you haven't made a comment about him being positioned during the Cruiserweight title match yet. Hey, man, this match bothered me. So, like, the whole, like, just starting this show pissed me off so much that I just started writing down things in, in rage and anger. All right. Well, you want to you wanna share some of that rage with us? Sure. Disco sucks. He's in Kobe gear. I don't get it. Doesn't make any sense at all. Why are WCW wrestlers wearing fucking gear just in general? Nobody's wearing wrestling gear anymore. There's no tights, right? It's horrible. Uh, there's no face. There's no heel. 
MIA attacks, there's no DQ. The Fifthly Animals attack, there's no DQ. This old motherfucker Pop is out, right? <laughs> was, what do you think about uh, I can't stand it, man. He just he walks out there. Conan kills him. Conan just kills Pop. Then Hoovy gets in, and Hoovy's doing his shit. I can't stand Hoovy and this whole Hoovy being the rock, but he's he's the juice thing. Horrible. He misses his silly elbow. I think they call it the silly elbow. Uh, and then Disco hits the last dance, which is the stunner. But then Corporal Cajun makes the save, hits his move, and then Loco wins. So they do like four, five, six, seven bullshit things in the match to get to Loco beating Disco. It it, it was horrible. And then after the match, man, well, I, you, 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 you can tell everybody what happens after, after the match. Well, right after the match, we get a melee, which you could have seen that coming. This this match kind of had a lumberjack match kind of feel to it. There's two guys going at it in the ring with a whole gang of folks on either side. But, uh, yeah, we got Pops. He's he's lying on the outside. How is, how is he related to this? Is he I, think he's, dad? I think he's like General Rection's dad or Gramp or... Uh. He's got a he's got a relatable erection. So he gets uh, I got one of them too. He gets uh, mouth to mouth for major guns. I think she takes her shirt off first, just yeah, just because, because you know that's maybe to free up a little more airway there coming out of the chest. Sure. Uh, Mark Madden says, "Pick an end. Either way, it'll re- revive him." Is that true? Do you think? I mean, I'm not really into the medical field, but do you think if you're like unconscious, like let's just for instance, right? Let me throw a for instance at you. Say I take a tumble and I get knocked out. Could you blow me to to wake me up? I don't think that's how it works, man. Okay, I I mean I'm not in medical school or anything like that. Do I try it? Um. I would rather not. I didn't think you would. Some friend. Major Guns does the mouth-to-mouth. He gets revived, and then he starts humping on guns. Shivani remarks on the amazing recuperative powers of Pops. (laughs) So this is like a stupid comedy bit. What do you think? Did you laugh? Not even a little bit. I didn't either. I didn't think uh, like there was not there was nothing funny about it. That's the problem. They're going for the humor and they're going for like they're going for the cheap humor and there's something to be said for cheap humor. Right. I mean that's I mean a lot of what we do is cheap humor. Right. But they just they don't do it in a manner that makes anybody laugh, I guess. Well, the winner and still champion, Chavo Guerrero, aka Lieutenant Loco. We get sent to the back. Eric Bischoff and the cat and a bunch of bunch of those Baltimore's finest there. Yeah. They ensure that Bishy and they ensure Bishy that Goldie isn't showing up. That nobody's going to ruin his surprise for Kevin Nash. Another surprise. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> this is another trend. Um, these 
shows kind of being shrouded in uh, secret surprises that may or may not be revealed. But it's not even like they're not even secret surprises. They just outright say there's going to be a surprise and they may or may not reveal what that surprise is. Right. Mystery works in a different way, man. You can't just say, hey, the show's going to have mystery. Right. That doesn't create the mystery, right? You have to create the mystery. Right. That, that could be argued or takes away from the mystery. I would say that it does. We get me and Gene. He's in the back with the Mamelukes. And Johnny the Bull, he wants to know if, if Gene's talking to him or if he's talking to Vito. Says they beat up bigger guys in the county jail and chronic. The Lukes are the co-holders of that hardcore belt. Vito's wearing it. There's a little bit of dissension in the air between these two because there's just the one belt. Right. Two guys. Yeah, it makes sense. So, <laughs> you got anything on the Luke's pro- promo? Yeah. Uh, well, I wasn't impressed by it. Like, I like I like Vito, actually. I think Vito and, and Johnny the Bowl are pretty great. Mm. But, and Gene, so, Gene is likely the best backstage interview guy of all time, right? Is there, I mean, I don't, even if there's a number two, whoever number two is, they're not close. Not even close. Who does number two work for? Uh, So there's, there's Gene, a giant drop off and everybody else. And this might be the one time I've seen Gene where I've gone, oh no, Gene, don't you start doing the bullshit too. Because as the Lukes walk away, Gene goes, Hey, I'm asking you a freaking question over here. He's Gene Okerlund. You don't ask Gene Okerlund to do this silly shit, right? He is Gene. He's the best that does it. You just let him be Gene. You don't feed him these bullshit lines and go, Hey, Gene, you want to do a little accent there? I think it'd be probably funny because, you know, they're Italian guys, right? It'd be funny. Gene's funny in his own way. He's already funny. Yes, accurate. <laughs> One of my favorite parts of the show comes up next. Hulk Hogan Raft? Yep. <laughs> Send in your proof of purchase to get a, a, an official Hulk Hogan inflatable raft. I want that raft. I'd like that raft as well. I'm not an outdoorsman, right? I'm not a rafter or anything like that. But if I were to get that raft, I'm pretty sure you and I could do some pretty sweet promo picks out in my uh, my pond here. Yeah, you got a pond. That'd be that'd be yeah. perfect. Yeah, just got a little got a little pond on my acreage here, and you just hop out there and do some promo picks for the year of Duke and Rogue and our and our our Hulkster, Hulkster raft. You think it's a two seater? Yeah, it looked like a big raft, man. Okay. Another item. We should really start to try to get a hold of these. Some of them, at least, yeah. I got to be out there. So the Mama Lukes are sounding pretty confident. They're taking on Chronic next for the number one contendership for those tag team titles. I figured you'd be stoked about this one. It's uh, your tag team wrestling guy. I am. I like tag team wrestling a lot. We have another... Another variation of Crush here. He's made his made the rounds. And uh, I will say, I think this is the best variation. 
would you say you like it? I don't want to get carried away. I was <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, but the least the least worst. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It might be because of uh, Brian Adams, mm-hmm. because he's. I mean, he was a stud. So that might be that might play into enhancing. You give me a weird look. What, what's your problem? You're talking about Brian Clark, Adam Bomb. Yeah, Brian Adams is crush. Yeah, no, I got him mixed up. Okay. Right, you're, just, yeah. you're just talking about how good Brian Adams right. is. Right. I, no, wanted, I wanted to stop you there because I'm a good friend. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks for looking out for me. You're right. Brian Clark, Adam Baum, is a stud. He and he, doing, uh, he, he, makes, he makes people look good, man. He was doing a wrath thing with, uh, with Mortis. Yeah, but he took off after that. After, like Wrath took off after that Mortis and you know that Mortis Glacier Wrath storyline. Uh, after that whole thing fell off, but he came out as like just this ass kicker Wrath. Mm-hmm. People were getting behind him. I don't know why he never got like any type of a push. I'm guessing because Goldberg was getting his like I kill everybody push. So right. it'd be hard to you know what I mean like where are you going to push him to? You probably could have gotten to the U.S. title at least. He should have at least got to the U.S. title, but that's just another failed failed opportunity by WCW. Chronic looks pretty intimidating. They do. Their jackets look... I don't like their jackets, man. They look like half-ass Repo Man jackets. Mm. Yeah. Well, the winner of this is going to face Chucky Palumbo and the uh, the perfect one, Sean Stasiak. Vito's got the county jail shirt on as the Mamelukes make their way out there. They take a break to shine the belt. Now, the story behind this one (laughs) is Big Vito is going to proceed to wrestle this match with the belt on. You just want to take it off. I I like that. It's a simple comedy touch. I wish, you know, you never see it. I think it's I, I I think it I think it's it's funny the lengths that that Vito takes with the belt in this match. Yeah, Vito Vito's a good performer. Good good use of the prop for sure. So Vito's you know he's he's posing with the belt. He'll stop to shine the thing up. Um, I mean he's proud of his proud of his belt. He didn't actually win it though, right? Well, in WCW at this time, nobody actually wins or loses championship belts. They're just stripped and gifted and awarded and stripped. Uh, I suppose. So, yeah, Adam Baum, uh, Brian Clark, the other half of Chronic, the guy we like. He did a uh, tilt, tilt world backbreaker, a lot of big power maneuvers. With He's kind of a better version of Crush, Adam Baum, I would say. Yeah, I think that's a that's a fair assessment. I don't know if that I don't think it's fair to to compare the two of them. And I think it's fair to Brian Clark to compare him to Brian Adams. <laughs> He's so much better. And I got a note here that says uh Brian Adams gets Johnny to the bull up in a gorilla press and drops him on his knee. It oh. almost looks really good, I say. 
It does almost look. That's one of his moves, though. He's used that move forever. At this point in his career, it should look at least decent. <laughs> Crush did. Okay, so I'm going to give Crush a little bit of credit. In this match, he didn't do bad. This might be Crush's best match ever. It could uh, be. He did hit uh, an F5 to Vito. He did. So that was, I mean, that was pretty good. Uh, it, obviously, there it, it falls apart, and Vito goes. They took the belt away from uh, Vito. Goes, belt. Yeah. yeah. Goes for the belt, and then the bull misses from the top. Then Chronic is not on the same page when they're trying to set up the like the finish. They call it the high times. Mm-hmm. At one point, it looks like Crush throws Johnny the bull into the corner, and then it looks like <laughs> like Brian Clark's like, no, our finishing move, we do it in the middle of the <laughs> ring. And then Crush grabs him by the, because it's a double choke slam. Mm-hmm. Crush grabs him, and then Brian Clark's like, no, I'm pretty sure you're in my spot here. <laughs> and then Crush is like, no, go over there. So no, like, it, like not a really good showing of unity from the, the Chronic team. Not on the same page at all, but they hit their, their high time double choke slam to get the win. And they, with that win, they get a title shot. I'll face the perfect event, maybe later, maybe Nitro, we'll see. But next up, we get DDP in the back, and interviewed by some blonde bimbo. Who is this this blonde bimbo? bimbo? I have no idea who she is, but because DDP called her bimbo, that's who she is in all my notes moving forward. Every time she appears, it's whoever it is with bimbo. And you know what? She's a pretty ripe tomato. And yeah. she's not, she's not, she's an actress, right? You could tell that she's not, she doesn't seem like she's a, like a journalism major. She's no mean gene. Uh, she's, she's not a, a Michael Cole. She's not really a like reporter person. She's just a ripe tomato that can hold a mic. And I'm, I'm guessing she's some type of actress. So, uh, but their DDP is with her and calls her a bimbo and drops one of his good God. Mm-hmm. We get a shot of the ambulance backing into the arena. So Mike Awesome, he's been given the nickname the career killer for uh, possibly allegedly ending Canyon's career when he threw him off the, the triple cage last at last month's show. Yeah. And he's looking to end another career tonight against DDP in an ambulance match. Somebody call it an ambulance. Golly, Mike Awesome. <laughs> The career killer, the fat chick thriller, <laughs> that that seventies <laughs> guy. <laughs> it's all bad. Well, this this match is. I mean, the rules are kind of different than I than I had uh, envisioned them being. Where like. You got to beat the guy down and then, like, call the guys to to bring the person to the ambulance. Right. That was that was a weird touch, but we'll get there. So DDP wheels out Canyon. Yep. Canyon's looking pretty rough. He's got this this gimmick around, is holding his head in place and stuff. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, he does a pretty good job of of selling it, making it look like he's completely out of it. That's not what. Like DDP wheels Canyon out, and that's not kind of what 
So first of all, if your friend is in that rough a shape, probably don't put him in harm's way, right? <laughs> probably don't wheel him out on the ramp where you know that the new blood and Mike Awesome, the career killer, who's already already thrown Canyon off, like don't put him in that position, right? That's a bad place to put your friend. Second of all. Yeah, or, hit me. I'm going to hit you with a, okay, if you're going to wheel him out there, he's your friend. Yeah. Put him in a better seat. He's yeah. way down there. Yeah. Right? I mean, get him ringside, right? If so you're, you're gonna, saying if, if you're, you're going to put him in harm's way. Right. Put him in the most harm's because, way. Put him right next to you. You might as well put him in the middle of the ring. But, well, at least you're there in case somebody's trying some funny business. You know, you can right. step in and be a friend. Yeah, that makes sense. So what we're saying is, point A, don't put him into harm's way. But if you're going to put him into harm's way, put him in the best harm's way possible. Best seat in the house, man. He's your he's your best friend. Right. And I think I think I know why. I think I know why he did that. DDP is, at least. I think he's grumpy, because I don't know if you noticed or not, but on his back, it appears he has a nicotine patch on. <laughs> <laughs> so he might just be pissy going through some withdrawals. <laughs> I did not notice that. You didn't notice that? Oh. Come on, man. Yeah, he had like a nicotine patch uh, under his got like his right shoulder blade. <laughs> so I was like, you know, maybe that's that's he's just pissed off and he's like, Yeah, you can come out for the match, but I'm putting you in arm's way and I'm leaving you on the ramp. <laughs> Stay there. <laughs> Like he can fucking move anyways. He's sitting there pretty much fucking. <laughs> That's the, that was a visual joke. <laughs> so we see a bunch of a bunch of copies of DDP's book out there. Like loads of copies. I, this must have been a free giveaway with the ticket purchase or something. Yeah. Otherwise, it's a weird move bringing a book to a wrestling show. Yeah, it is a very strange move. Of all the, like, things you could bring, whether it be a wrestling figure, a poster, a sign, book is a little bit on the low end, but I'm guessing they're probably selling his books at the merch tables. Right. And then what are you going to do? You can't put your can't put the book in your pocket. It's got to hold it. Hmm. Well, this one, referee gets taken out right away. Right away. <laughs> I just thought of something here. So remember how I had this great plan to have, like, medieval knights guard the uh, the arena, right? Right. From, like, from, your, from your boy, Billy Berg's. Like, like King Arthur's security Nights. Right, right. Well, in this match, Tony Schiavone says that Mike Awesome and DDP are swinging chairs like samurai. I have two thoughts now. One, samurai in the history of samurai probably never swung chairs at each other. <laughs> I don't think there was ever a time in the time of the samurai, they probably didn't have steel folding chairs. But point two, Samurai better, maybe, for security? Than... The medieval the, knights? Medieval knight. Yeah. You suppose samurai wear armor? 
Yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure they do. Yeah. I don't know. Which would you rather have? You know, if you're putting me in a situation where you say, okay, you can have the Baltimore PD with their 1979 cop car. You can have the Knights with archers and a trebuchet. Or you can have Samurai. For protection, I'm pretty damn positive. I'm taking Samurai, man. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What's what's the selling, what's the appeal of the Samurai? I think they're just like the most elite trained, like, guys that there is. Hmm. Like, I don't know a lot about them, but in my mind, what I've made them up to be is like the top guys, right? So it'd be like samurai and then medieval knights. Well, no, it's probably a couple other things. And then the, the, those rent-a-cops they got for the, the security here at this show. But yeah, I think samurai is number one. All right. Well, yeah, these uh, awesome DDP, they're dueling with their chairs. And then DDP ends up throwing his chair at Awesome and then punches it, which I don't, I don't know about that spot, but not a good one. Uh, so this redheaded rookie official. Yeah. Um, I'm not the only guy who doesn't like him because DDP knocked him out right away. Yep. Uh, he's slowly getting up to his feet. Mike Awesome, man, he's he puts on a good match. He does. I I mean, it was real early that he he power bombs. Was it real early, or was I just not? He power bombs DDP through the table pretty quick in this match. Oh, on the outside. Yeah. And yeah. Then he tries to, yep. They try and get him on that damn stretcher, and the EMTs don't even like. It's bad, man. It doesn't seem like the EMTs know how to work the stretcher. There's there's been ambulance matches besides this one, right? Absolutely. Isn't it usually you wheel the guy up there? Yeah, you beat the shit out of the guy enough where you throw him in the ambulance and the ambulance takes off. And the why, match. Why are we waiting on these EMT guys? Because it's WCW in the year two thousand. Just looking to make things worse. Pretty much, man. Pretty much. So Paige rolls off that thing and then gets some more punishment by Awesome with his chair. Crowd seems disinterested in this one. Yeah. They've been disinterested in the entire card. Big Mike climbs to the top. He almost falls off, but he has the big time frog splash. And he goes for another one. Yeah. And he hits it. And then he makes a chair sandwich out of DDP and climbs up for <laughs> splash number three. He wastes some time yelling at the fans and predictably misses the splash. And then Kim comes bouncing down the aisle. She brings the dildo. And the big pole in her hand. <laughs> so she she gives it to Paige, and then Stacy Keebler comes out, grabs Kim by the hair, drags her out. That woke up the audience. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> it woke me up a little bit. <laughs> awesome sets up top row power bomb against uh, DDP. Gives him a Nards Plow 
followed by a cutter from the corner. He rolls awesome out, yells at the EMTs to do their job, and then they they do. Yeah. And then they hit the music. And who do we get? Well, I know who we get. Do you know who we get? We get Eric Bischoff. And then? He comes out and he's threatening to hit, to hit Canyon with the chair. <sighs> Can't do that. DDP is like, no, man, that's my friend. That's my friend. I brought him out here. That's my friend. I didn't put him in the good seat, but I brought him to this seat. You got a marb red on you? <laughs> and then what happens? The Canyon diamond cuts Mr. Diamond Cutter off the stage. Yeah. Reveals he's new blood now. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, throws him in the ambulance. Away we go. <laughs> Diddy Mark- can finally go have the shmee he's been wanting. <laughs> Mark Madden's just blowing his load with glee at this point. <laughs> blowing his load with glee. He says he loves Canyon and even blows him a kiss. Oh, all right. Um, we get some speculation in the booth about, you know, how that happened and whatnot. And then I, I write, maybe we can call the hotline for some, some takes. Where's the hotline yeah. at? Hotline's good. The company doesn't need the money anymore. <laughs> Man. So we are told that there is an all-points bulletin out for Goldberg. I don't know what sounded, that means. Sounded pretty serious. That's like a lookout for this guy and stop him and d- detain him. Ever, anybody? Goldberg. Right, but anybody, like, publicly. I guess if you want to. I don't think there's too many members of the public that could take out Goldberg. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, see how that that uh, see how that plays out here. Next up, we got GI Bro taking on Meat <laughs> in a boot camp match. They motherfucking give GI Bro the Shawn Michaels WrestleMania 12 entrance. Boyhood dream coming true, man. And they fucked him over so hard because that's a huge entrance, right? And it looks pretty sweet, but we only see like two and a half seconds of it, right? They don't spotlight him, right? They don't like, he basically flies down like to the top rope of the ring, gets into the ring, and then they cut to meat. Why even give him that fucking grand entrance? If you're not going to make it a grand entrance. That, for me, made me want to just shit on this match. So I'll probably shit a little bit on this match. Sean Stasiak, he kind of makes me want to shit on the match. Not a fan of the guy. He comes out, his face is painted in camo. He's got matching pants. It's it's still strange seeing somebody come out to Mr. Perfect's theme. Yeah, and they, they don't... They don't call him the perfect one anymore. Did you did you pick up on that? They call him perfection. Not perfection. I thought that too. It's perfection. As oh. in Sean Stasiak. He is 
perfection. Well, that's something. Yeah, you can eat my dump. This thing gets going. Booker hits a big-time spin kick. The bell to the outside. And there's a lot of... A lot of outside battling here. Uh, the the perfect Sean gets a suplex onto the entryway. Referee Mickey J. Yeah, it's counting pretty fast. It is a pretty fast counter. I picked up on that too. So Booker he reverses the suplex, delivers one of his own. I got this one's a snoozer at this point. <sighs> yeah, I mean, there's not a ton, I guess, to get into. Uh, Meat did have a, a nice top rope uh, clothesline. Not bad, right? Uh, he does get uh, gets him in a sleeper hold, and Tony says, can any man survive a sleeper hold? <laughs> like we haven't seen sleeper holds since the beginning of fucking wrestling, right? Most everybody survived. There's not many people that have not not survived the sleeper hold. <laughs> Everybody survives a sleeper hold. And Tony says, can any man s- survive a sleeper hold? Go, Tony, you're you're better than that. Booker gets an angle slam. It's pretty good. He gets the old book bottom. I don't remember what he calls it. It's the rock bottom, but I just called it the book bottom because I couldn't remember. A missile drop kick. Plums out, gets the uh, the old axe kick. Yeah, plumber comes out. <laughs> got that lex flexor he had he he fucking he loads up and swings that lex flexor right to books fuck stick i can't believe that man you're gonna bring you're gonna bring the lex flex down there and you're gonna swing it you're gonna use the flexor right to booker t's fuck stick that ain't right mm-hmm. man not cool yeah they're double teaming them and i'm i'm wondering where the misfits in action are at this point solid point didn't think of that but book despite getting that flexor to the 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 ball bag and the dicket balls there <laughs> he makes a comeback it's a double clothesline followed by a spin rooney some side kicks and then he gets him the lex flexor and that's it yeah it's meat he tenderizes the meat gets yep. the win crowd Counts along and cheers, no doubt grateful that this one's over. We're about yeah, third, third of the way through now. We get sent to the back with Gene and Canyon. Gene wants to know why, Canyon. Canyon says he was visited, visited by Eric Bischoff in the hospital and told him that his ticket to the top was taking DDP out. He's going to make him a star. And Gene directs us to footage of DDP getting out of the ambulance. And there's Goldberg's monster truck in the background. It's not hard to miss a fucking monster truck. (laughs) Right? Like you... (laughs) That's They're trying to do that, like, mystery and intrigue. Remember way back when, when we were covering WrestleMania 9 to WrestleMania 10, and fucking Diesel was trying to sneak up on people. And we're like, you're you're a fucking monster, all right? You can't sneak. And then we had the sneaky jai, and you're like, you're a jai. You can't sneak. And now they have a monster truck. 
and they're trying to be sneaky with the monster truck. I got a couple thoughts here. All right. So am I supposed to believe that Bill Goldberg is just driving this monster truck down the road to the arena? Well, my other, yeah, see, that was, I was thinking that too. Like, like it's been cited a couple times now. You think he's just driving around? He's doing laps around the arena, circling it like a shark in his monster truck. Secondly, right? Okay, if I'm on red alert by the authorities, I'm not driving around in a giant truck with my name on it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Come on now! <laughs> in front, in front of the authorities, <laughs> you're a wanted man, but you're going to drive a, a, a monster truck in front of them with your name on it. What are the cops doing? Like the cops are sitting there going, "What do you think of that truck over there? You think it might look suspicious. You think it might be him? You think that's, you know, you think that's Bill? You think that's the guy we're looking for? It says it says Goldberg on the side of it because it could that could be any Goldberg." Right, could be any Goldberg. Right, could be remember uh, Mighty Ducks. Could be him. Oh, the goalie. Right, could could be goalie the the Goldberg the goalie. You you don't know, right? You don't know. We got to wait till we have some probable cause to go investigate the monster truck that's circling the arena. <laughs> that isn't street legal. <laughs> it says Goldberg got it. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I'm sure that's not going not to be the last we see that uh, that Goldberg truck. Probably right. But for now, we're getting Shane Douglas taken on the wall in a tables match. <laughs> Shane Douglas comes out there. He calls all the Baltimore fans pieces of shit. Taking one from our guy, Rusey. He's going to chop the wall down to size and that he has a plan. He says, let's have a five tables match. <laughs> he asked the crowd in Baltimore, Baltimore, you want five tables? And I guess they do. <sighs> so the wall, he's got dark hair now. This, okay. So we got a five tables match here. Sure, yeah. And it's not clear what that means exactly, all right? It seems like they're trying to tell us it's the first to five, getting your guy through five tables. Right. So I'm pretty sure, oh, man, this whole thing is fucked up. Uh, let me start Let me start here, right? Uh so yeah, Franny comes out. He calls everybody from Baltimore a piece of shit. Then he calls him Dick Dick Flair. He's doing a heel promo, right? Right, right. But then he tells everybody he's, they're going to have a drag ass fight. And I don't, I don't a drag ass fight sounds kind of boring, right? In my in my, in my, in my, my mind, I thought they were going to like be in the ring. <laughs> You know how the dogs do that, like, ass scoot on the floor? <laughs> that was a drag-ass fight to me, so it was like tug-of-war. <laughs> they both wrap like a, a rope around their belts and, and drag-ass to see who got, who got to what side first. I know it doesn't make sense, but that's where my mind went. Uh, 
Oh, and then Franny asks him, he's like, do you want five tables? They'll tell you if you want Baltimore, do you want five tables? And all of a sudden he's doing like face work when he was already doing heel work. He calls him a piece of shit and now he's trying to get him ramped up. And they're like, yeah, we want five tables. And then all of a sudden he's like, well, you just signed the wall's death warrant. How, how come Franny gets to be the commissioner and change the rules of the match right then and there? That doesn't make any sense. But he does say best of five. He says best of five in the promo, and best of five is the first to three. So there's clearly some miscommunication somewhere along the way. And Fran's the only one that knows what's going on. Well, yeah, he's the one who made the match. So That's a good point. Well, the big fella, he gets the advantage early on. Big gorilla press. Should have thrown through a table. Yeah. He did, yell, he, he did yell at him. He goes, you screwed me. Now I screw you. I was like, oh, fuck. But was, that was Wall yelling that or the Douglar? Oh, yeah. Wall yelled that at Franny. Oh. They're 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 battling here to the outside. The wall slides over the first table, but not through it. He then choke slams French through the first table. So the announce team is telling us he's got four more to go. That's not yeah. correct. That's what we're told. Wall then slams the juggler through the second table, and we're told that. It's not the first guy to put their guy through five tables, but the first to three. So by now, they got the update. Yeah, somebody told them. And then they keep they they keep battling, and then there's a conveniently placed stack of tables. And it's, it's a triple stack. A triple stack, and it's right next to a ladder. <laughs> I wonder what's going to happen here. Well, I'll tell you. Please do. Okay, well, the two climb up the ladder. Mark Madden says the wall doesn't even realize there's a stack of tables behind him. The wall then gets the choke on the Douglar. And French hits the wall with the brass knucks and predictably sends the big fella through the tables for the victory. The announce team didn't even know that was the end of the match. I don't know about that third table, man. I don't think the third one broke. It was cardboard. It was cardboard. It was like that stuntman cardboard bullshit. But they were telling you it was a table. Oh. And Wall overshot the tables and the stuntman cardboard. So that could have been that could have been tough. It was it was shit. It was shit all the way around. Uh, bad match. Announcers, yeah, bad match. Announcers had no idea what was going on. Wall comes back and slams uh, the referee through a table, which got a little bit of a pop. Not much, though. Uh, with Wall's new look, do you think they're trying to make him like another version of Diesel? He's got the leather on. He's got the gloves with the look. on. Yeah. Yeah, sure. He's got this blood-to-blood shirt on. Is, I'm imagining he's a new blood, maybe. Uh, he was. 
but then he departed the new blood. All right. Yeah, because he looks a lot different. He had, like, the bleach blonde, I think. Yeah. Before. Yeah. So they're trying some different stuff with him. Yeah. That was you like tough. you like the blonde uh, wall or the, the the big daddy cool wall? Well, the the thing is that with the blonde wall, at least we got Alex right for a little bit. But I don't like I don't like blonde wall without Alex right. I also don't like um, the diesel wall without Alex right. So I think ultimately I just like Alex right. That's fair. I'm pleased to inform you that later on in this season, kind of as like a little reward for putting ourselves through this, we're going to get a couple Alex Wright appearances. Yes! That's fantastic news. So we can't get through these Summer of 2000 shows fast enough. Accurate. So this is the beginning of the summer. I believe the company closes in March, so I think we got eight or nine shows left. We're approaching the halfway point. We're also approaching the halfway point of the show here. So we get another shot of the cops and their blockade outside. Let me ask you this. Sure. So, all right, so they let the Hulkster pass by the blockade. He's all dressed up in his Hollywood gear, says he's going to go kick somebody's ass. That that eating ass phase that was just that must have just been a phase, right? It's come and gone, yeah. Because I mean, this time he's actually kind of cool, right? He gets out of like a sports car. Is that what it's called? Sports car? Not yeah, guy. yeah. I think it's a sports car. He gets out and he's wearing his boa, and he goes, oh, "Somebody is getting their ass kicked tonight." I was like, "Yeah, man, way to go." He was just real hungry there last time. Yeah, last time I think he just like I said, he had the thirst for ass, and he wanted to eat everybody's ass. And now he's, you know, he's evolved again. I guess. All right, so the cops got a blockade happening, presumably for Goldberg. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Okay, he's driving a monster truck, right? Might be yep. able to crush a cop car. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. <laughs> it would. Monster trucks, I don't think they're quite as fast as regular cars, though. Uh, probably not. Okay. So you could definitely be catching Bill, but it probably wouldn't be safe, right? No, golly. Do you no, think I can't that imagine. Do you think that they're, like, just, just kind of letting him do his thing out of their own, you know, just, just to protect themselves? Okay, like in... Uh... Like in a high speed high speed chase, when a car goes into like a neighborhood area, sometimes yeah. they they call it off because it's dangerous. That type right. of idea, right? Okay, yeah, I could see that. I like that idea. I'm behind it. Yeah. Ah, good idea, man. You should be a cop. I got ideas, man. Working on me manifesto. <laughs> good luck, coppa. All right. Next, we have a first uh, first one of these that I've heard of, a handicap asylum match. Where Scotty, the big Papa Pump Steiner with his freaks, is going to take on Rick Steiner and Tank Abbott. 
So it starts off appearing to be a singles contest. <laughs> sure does. And so what the only way to lose is to give up, and this is for the U.S. title. Yeah. So it doesn't say stay a singles match long, does it? No, because what they say is, in order to even the playing field, we're going to make it a handicap match. Uh, that makes as little sense as, as anything else that WCW is doing at this point. To even they, the playing field, we're going to make it two-on-one. Somebody skip fucking math class. I think they I think they say it's Scotty's uh signature match. Well it would be Tank's signature match. Nevertheless. Oh, did they say it's Scotty's? Yeah, I suppose, because then they're I gonna so. Yeah, because yeah. they added somebody to Tank's team. Uh, ah, sucks. So that this asylum thing is like a circular cage deal. It's being loaded, lowered as Big Papa gets his ass kicked. And Rick, Rick Steiner lands a nice elbow drop right to the, right to the, the crank and ball bag. It looks like Tank is going for a punch. Grabs a chain to whack Scott. Rick says no. And then he's the one who gets the chain. And Scotty, he hits an arts plow to Tank. Slaps on the Steiner recliner. Just like that, the winner and still U.S. champion is Big Pop Pump Scott Steiner. Good. Horrible. Moving on. Big Tank would have been a good Steiner. <sighs> nah, I don't think so. I, there, there's some definite Steiner qualities about him, but overall, I don't think I don't think he fits. I don't think we're gonna have Tank Abbott Steiner. Yeah, I think based on that lackluster performance, probably, probably not. Yeah. Tony tells us we have a big announcement coming up, and a limo shows up with Ric Flair and his family. He's got his wife at the time, Reed, and I believe making her debut, Ashley, also known as Charlotte Flair. Yeah, and the other one, too. And the other one? Yeah. Two daughters, Reed, ah. and his wife. Yeah. All right. Well, we got a preview package here. There's quite the feud. In the background, we did spot the Berg truck again, though. Oh really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, don't you don't you leave out that the Berg truck is in the back again. In the background, we see the Goldberg truck once again. Still making its round rounds, just circling its prey there at the Maryland Baltimore Arena. So this. Oh no, we're not getting the flares next. We're getting Hogan and Kidman. Hogan and Kidman are next. Yeah. All right. Yeah, they, they do a Hulkster interview with Gene, where Gene says that the Gene means something. I've been up and down the road. Blood is thicker than new blood. Dude. Yeah, it's not a good... It's actually kind of... It's not a horrible Hulkster promo, but it's not a hit. Yeah, that's what I'll say. I agree. 
there isn't anything that stands out as super outrageous or you know quotable in this Hulkster promo, but it's not bad. Hogan comes out to the NWO theme and gets the biggest ovation of the night so far. Big time. They were uh, the. It seems like the crowd finally got up for this. Might be the only thing the crowd got up for the entire night. Guest referee is Horace Hogan with Kidman. Doesn't seem fair, really. Uh, I should back up a second. Horace Hogan recently turned on his uncle. So that's, I guess, is this a level playing field move, you think? Uh, I mean, it could be, but throughout the duration of the match, they seem like it's they're calling it right down the middle. Where's you know, Tori Wilson at? What do you mean, we're like now? She has like a see- fitness magazine or something like that. You a subscriber? No. Uh, no, on the show, I'm just wondering where she is. Oh, gotcha, because she's not with Kidman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that uh, they kind of had a falling out. Oh. So, you know, honeymoon, honeymoon's over kind of a thing. When Hulkster came out, let me ask you this. Uh... Hulkster Kidman came out. You got the pyro. Hulkster came out. I was actually really hoping because after Hulk talks about you know uh, the times and all that kind of stuff and uh, how his characters changed, all kinds of, I was kind of hoping for Hulkster with hair again. I wanted to see. I kind of wanted to see you know that kick-ass like Hulkster with hair. I thought it would be funny. Hulkster, what are you talking about? Hulkster with hair, like from uh, was it Halloween Havoc? Oh, the the Hulkster with the wig. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to see a hairy Hulkster. <laughs> I, I would. I did. Okay. I like the yeah, tape. That, that's the first thing that I thought of because he's wearing like he's wearing the black, you know, the black, and the white again. And he's actually wearing the wrestling gear. Mm-hmm. And he's like Hollywood Hulkster. And I was like, golly, I wish he would just went all the way with it and been, been the hairy Hulkster. Yeah, these guys, I, by the end of the show here, we're, we're going to notice that there's a pretty similar formula to most of these matches. They're battling to the outside. I just, as I was, as I was going back through this, through my notes here of the show, I've noticed a noticed very common, you know, they're going, going outside, you know, early on similar kind of formula, but Anyways, Hogan's got the early upper hand. Just some big time blows. Kidman begs for forgiveness, and Hulkster ain't going to give him any. Delivers an early big boot and has to remind the crowd to cheer for him. Yeah. I but think the crowd's they, actually into it. They do. Hulkster, yeah. They do. He does the ear cupping bit, which gets the, gets the crowd going. Scott Hudson, with perhaps the line of the night, says this is the Hulkster's biggest challenge. Yeah, yeah. He's faced Andre the Jai. He's faced the regular Jai. He's faced Randy Savage. Roddy Piper. Yokozuna. Earthquake. Ultimate Warrior. Sergeant Slaughter. 
The Rock, Vince McMahon, The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, but above all them, Billy Kidman, his greatest challenge. I suppose some of those guys aren't on the list, I mean, to that point, but even walking that list back, Ric Flair, Vader, but Billy Kidman, perhaps his greatest challenge, Mm -hmm. man. Scott Scott Hudson can suck me dry, man. Yeah, Scott Hudson lost some points for, with me. I mean, now we just like Tony. He's he's still good. Love Tony, but now I'm dealing with two guys I don't like to listen to. Right, as if, if the action and the happening in the show isn't bad enough, we got Scott Hudson making these on top of Mark Madden's. I don't know. It's, oh, it's, Mark it's that's that's one of the problems I think with all of these pay per views to begin with is that I think Shivani has pretty much given up. Right? It sounds like he's phoning it in, and that's not to like that's not to slant on Shivani. So I, think, I, I actually like Shivani. I think Shivani is great. Mm-hmm. I think that Madden is a bum, and I think Scott Hudson is best served on WCW Pro. Right. So, I mean, it's it, it doesn't help that you don't want to hear two of the three guys, and the one guy that you do want to hear is not at the top of his game. Right. That's the exact opposite of our last WCW season where we had Dusty and Brain alongside right. alongside Tony. Talk about a talk about a downgrade. Big time. So Hogan, Hogan's got the uh, got the upper hand. Kidman gets control, and then Hulkster kicks him right in the dick and whips off his belt and slaps away on Kidman. Getting a good reaction from the Baltimore crowd. The announced team mentions on several occasion, occasions how Horace is calling this thing down the down the center, like you said. Well. And we're on the outside some more. Lots of kicks by the Hulkster and punches. That's about all the Hulkster's got, really. Kicks, punches, slams. Well, I mean, that's... That's all he's ever had, really. Right. You know, body slam, big boot, leg drop, kicks, punches, occasional suplex, right? Not a lot, but sometimes. Test of strength, headlock, bear hug. You don't need, like... You don't need to be the man of a thousand holds. Well, he's not. No, that, that he is not. He's he's about the he's about nine, probably about nine. Just nine, nine more than I got. You got one. Oh, that's right, eight more, eight more, right? So Kidman, Hulkster grabs the chair. Kidman drop kicks it into his face. Billy goes down to goes to town with the chair, rolls Hulkster into the ring for a two count. Hits a back and forth. The Billy hits a sloppy DDT on the chair. There's a big splash for a couple of two counts. He then gets into his new new blood buddy Horace Hogan's face for not counting fast enough. I can understand that. Yeah, it's gone down the middle. We get a Hogan chant. And I think he's fixing to Hulk up, man. Felt like it. 
So we get the big punches followed by the 10 count in the corner, and he actually hits all 10 punches. That was impressive. Mm-hmm. Once again to the outside, where Kidman reverses the maneuver and gets Hulkster rammed into the post. Hulkster then hip tosses Kidman through the table, and there's Tori. What a babe. Hey, you're pretty high on that, huh? Oh, yeah. You know what I'm pretty high on? Huh. Ringside, some guy's got a sign that says, Where's Silver King? And I think that's a fair question to ask. Who is Silver King? Silver King? Yeah. He's he's a talented performer. Is he a Mexican guy? Yeah, I mean, you'd only really see him on, like, your WCW Saturday nights, worldwide, WCW pros, that type of stuff. Oh. Sometimes you see him in an opening match on Nitro. Yeah, he's a talented guy. It's like, shit, yeah, if they're going to parade all this other bullshit out here, why can't I see Silver King? So it's the equivalent to uh, where is Cyclope? Yeah, in a lot of ways, yeah. But Silver King was not a masked guy. Hmm. I see. You would recognize him if you saw him. Yeah, he probably said Silver, Silver King on his gear, huh? Uh, No, I don't... It... I don't remember if it did. It might have said it in cursive on the back. He probably, probably teamed silver. up with, yeah, he, oh yeah, it was silver. Teamed up with El Dandy from time to time, I'm sure. Uh, so, Tori, she's standing up on the apron. Hogan's wondering what's going on. She gives she gives the Hulk some sort of an object. Looks like brass knucks. Kidman nails Hogan into Tori, who takes a tumble. Kidman gets the object, hits the Hulkster with it. Then he hits Horace with it after failing to get the three count. And then, I don't know what happened with these guys, but uh, Kidman must have, he must have fucked up, man. He did something wrong. Because Tori delivers a, a nice, good old-fashioned Nards plow to him. Yep, Reverse. Reverse. Yeah. Well, followed by a Hulkster brass knuckle shot for the victory. Yeah, and like for the crowd, for the crowd, this is the only match that they've started to actually show any real interest in. I was kind of disappointed that Hulkster didn't drop the leg. Even if the finish is knucks, one, two, three, with the crowd being like finally showing some type of interest, call the audible. The crowd's finally up. Hit him with the knucks. Drop the leg. That's what they wanted to see at that point. Mm. Drop the leg, get the three. So, I, I mean, I was disappointed that he didn't drop the leg. I can only imagine the, the people in attendance that, you know, paid to be there. Yeah. I... Fucking subjected to so much garbage all night. And now you're not even going to give him the leg drop. That is kind of unacceptable. Well, it's uh, Hogan does what he wants. Yeah. Oh. So that was that was a retirement match. If Hulkster retired or lost, he would have had to retire, but he won, so he gets a title shot at Bash at the Beach. Nice. Can't wait to see how that plays out. <laughs> yeah. So Mark Madden is pretty devastated that we have to put up with more of the Hulkster. I'm devastated that I got to listen to more Mark Madden. How about that? It's a fair take. They get Bishy. He's in the back on the phone with. <laughs> Somebody from Montana. This is, I think this is actually my favorite part of the entire show. 
Why is that? Because uh, bitch, she says, "What do you not get pay per view in Montana?" And then the cops like, "The area is pretty secure, right?" No cop says it's pretty secure, and that's not like like we got some things that we're working on here just to sell up some areas. Uh, we're sending you know people there now. The cops just like, "Bish, it's pretty secure." And then Bischoff responds by saying, pretty secure my ass. <laughs> Which is, man, saying what somebody just said to you and then adding my ass on the end of it. Classic. It's so good. Yeah, it says, what do you think's driving or driving around that Goldberg monster truck? The Tooth right. Fairy? Right. Well, see, even there, it'd be like, Tooth Fairy my ass. <laughs> like, it's, it's just such great classic comedy. So, just the cop being like, it's pretty secure, all right? <laughs> You're going to have to trust us on this one, all right? We've 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 done the checks, right? we got guys out there. We might have seen a giant monster truck circle the building about 35, 40 times, somewhere in that neighborhood. But you got to trust me on this one, boss. Area, she's pretty secure. <laughs> pretty secure, my ass! It's 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 def, it's that segment alone. Because let's be honest, this is a horrible event. That segment alone makes it worth watching at least up to that spot. And it's only about what like thirty a, seconds, yeah, maybe a minute, maybe a minute. And it is fucking comedy gold. Ah, she's pretty secure out there. She's looking pretty good. <laughs> pretty secure my ass <laughs> so awesome well, Tony tells us about the bash at the beach next month's pay-per-view where the Hulkster will get his chance at the title the announced team no longer has a table they look pretty weird just sitting there with folding chairs it does look kind of strange alright we get a package highlighting this family feud Brucey calls himself the father that David never had. Rick says he'll he'll retire if he loses to his son. And we get shots of Flair and company getting doused in that red liquid. <laughs> the red uh, of the new blood. Yeah. Um, just, that, that, that seems like a dumb thing they were doing there. That's pretty bad. And there's a birthday celebration, or no, I think it was like a, a funeral celebration for Flair's career. The okay, casket yeah. with a big nose on it. Yeah, that's not funny. Crickets, yeah. So Rusey took Flair in a, on in a cage match in the previous on the previous week's Nitro. I think he actually beat him. No doubt, uh, it's pr- it probably wasn't a clean finish. Probably not. All right, we get sent to the back with with David and your guy Rusi. <laughs> Rusi is your guy. You love him so much. Well, what did, what did Rusi Rusi have to say here? Uh, what is, something about go find the big bad wolf or something like that? He says to the bimbo. Got to tell you, I wasn't really. After the package with Rusi and the Flares, I was pretty much out of it already. So when they cut to the back to show the bimbo, Rusi, and David, I didn't pay attention to anything he fucking said. 
I do know he's like, he's like, why don't you go find the, does he say go find the big bad wolf? Something like that. Yeah. Which implies that she would be one of the three little pigs. Is that the. He called her Rapunzel. And I don't think Rapunzel and the big bad wolf are. Do I think they're chums? I don't think they. I don't think they exist the same story. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good I don't point. Know why she would go to find the big bad wolf? Are those like brothers Grimm fairy tales? That sounds uh, right. Sure. Could be wrong, who knows. Anyways, it's silly. The nature boy, he's all fired up. He's going to style <laughs> and profile and walk mean. down the aisle. Mean. Woo! Bagajin. Are we in Maryland? <laughs> Is this the Great American Bash? Am I the name? Woo! <laughs> it was so good. I was so happy when, because like it's a weird promo for him to do. Like he's going into a retirement match facing his son. You think he would? If there was ever a time for him to cut like a serious promo, probably right then. Does nowhere near it, and the way he delivered the name. <laughs> I was happy, man. I was happy after that. That was good. Made me happy. Mm-hmm. Players the come down to ringside. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. they show the Nage family that shows up. And then immediately David starts walking down the aisle. You see that David's putting on a t-shirt as he's coming down to the ring? He was wearing a different shirt in the promo that they did backstage. And now he's changing into a, a different shirt on his way to the ring. Not wearing wrestling gear. That kid's on the dope. Yeah, he is on the, the fucking doper. Yeah, he's, he's got a, a WCW shirt with the Union Jack on it. Yeah, jack me off. And blue jeans. And Roosie's out there with his bat. Batman. So Rick comes out with a, he's got a big pop. And he's wearing robe. wrestling gear finally. He is. He is. This is the first time we've seen him in wrestling gear. <laughs> you think that season? So this match doesn't seem like it means a lot to Ric Flair. I could be way wrong, but I think it's probably the, the bullshit surrounding it. I think if you actually had a match with David and and Rick, I think that that would probably mean a lot to him. But because there's so much silliness around it, it doesn't seem like it's as serious as it should be. Right? It just doesn't. Right. There's just way too much strange stuff happening. But part of me was like, we've seen Rick wrestle a couple of times, and he's been wearing his, like, slacks, right? He hasn't been wearing his wrestling gear. In my head, do you think that it was, a, like, a David Flair ask of him? I think he would have, he was like, hey, um, hey, Dad, I was going to, yeah, Dad, this is Dad, I'm over here. Uh, hey, Dad, it's your son, David. Do you think maybe, and you can say no, you can say no if, if you don't want to, um, but because we're going to have like a match together, me and you, like a father-son thing, would you, uh, would you, it mean a lot to me. And again, you can say no. You can say no, it's okay. You think you could put on your wrestling boots and maybe come down the aisle with like one of your robes? I just think it'd be really cool. Do you think that's how, how it went? And then all of a sudden, Gene went to the back and he became the next I think so, man. What other reason could there be? We've seen him wrestle on pay-per-views. 
Every pay per view I think that we've watched so far, he's been in slacks. I fucking wing tips. I think having two guys in street clothes just wouldn't work. They did it with right? fucking Disquo and goddamn Loco. Were they in street clothes? Yeah. Oh, okay. I bet it was a personal favor. <laughs> Rick's walking out and <laughs> David's in the ring going, Oh, thank you, Daddy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, early on, David sends his daddy into the corner, does the, the flare flop, flip into the turnbuckle. Yeah, I didn't land it very well, though. No. Eventually, Rick gets the upper hand, rips off his son's shirt, and delivers some chops. It's good. Uh, David fights back against his daddy, knocks him over the top, and then Rusi gets involved. It's the nature boy with the bat. Put some handcuffs on him. Scott Hudson tells us that Rusey's the only guy who's got the the keys to them handcuffs. Uh, that's that's a weird bit of information to know, Scott Hudson. <laughs> He's like, I was in his hotel room last night. I can tell you right now, he is the only guy that's got <laughs> keys to that. All right, he says you want to make sure you know you got to be nice to him. <laughs> you got to be nice to the Batman. So David locks in that figure figure four as as uh Nate is in the damn uh the handcuffs. He's in there for a while and Rusey's helping helping David get some leverage. And and talk about the talk about the humiliation, right? Yeah, well, it's humiliating for everybody involved. Everybody. It's not like this. It's not good, man. It's not good. Like David, the figure four, great move. David puts it on nature when nature's in handcuffs. Sure. Why not? But at one point, David gets the leverage with the, with the rope, right? He reaches up and he grabs the top rope to get that extra leverage. And Rusi actually grabs him from behind and starts shaking. He grabs him by like the armpits. And he's, like, shaking him like it's going to add more leverage to the hole. It fucking looks weird. Um, I I do want to say, though, they hide it, right? They hide them, quote-unquote, cheating, which hasn't really mattered in WCW all year. And then Little Nate, Charles Robinson, turns around and sees David cheating and kicks his arms, and says, you can't, you know, you, you can't do, you can't do that. Don't you dare do that. What? But the match can continue with the man in handcuffs. The match can continue with a man in handcuffs, but you can't grab the rope for leverage. That's how it goes, man. Rip my dick off and beat me to death with it. All right. Well, there's a few uh, few highlights in this uh, rest of this guy here. You want me to tell you about him? I mean, I can I can give you my rundown. <laughs> it's pretty. I mean, the whole match just the whole match is set up to get to the finishing sequence, which consists of about four or five different spots. Right, that's all it is, and the sequence is too much. It starts with the handcuffs to Rick. Uh, 
Robinson tosses David. Reed Nards plows. Uh, Nate gets out of the cuffs. Ashley ends up cuffing Rusi. Mm-hmm. Sure. Why not? Uh, so the referee was the one that freed the nature boy. Yes. Yep. Because he got the cuff. He got the cuffs or got uh, the keys off of Rusi. Yeah, off of Rusi. Right. Yep. Uh. It's so, I don't know, it's all so bad. Anyways. There was uh, a big time landing lane suplex by the Nate. I enjoyed that. In the match, yeah, there was. There was. And he did some strutting and he shaked his package at Rusey. Yeah, I, I do love that spot. Check out my dick! <laughs> anyway, ultimately, right. Nate gets the figure four, wins the match, and then it goes into the goes into the after the match bullshit, which is... Almost, I mean, this is all messy. I almost feel bad for Ric Flair being involved in this because it's not, it's so bad. And he is such a talented performer, one of the greatest of all time. He wins, chops Rusi. They leave. As they're leaving, fucking David's like trying to pull Rusi out and Rusi can't get out because his arms are still in handcuffs and he's like wiggling. That was kind of a funny look. And Rusi gets on the mic. <laughs> And he says, Ric Flair, you piece of shit. Tomorrow night on Nitro, I'm going to retire your ass. He also calls the, his, that, that little bitch son of yours. <laughs> it sucked. It was bad. And meanwhile, on the ramp, <laughs> the entire Flair family Except for the one daughter. I think it's the oldest daughter. So you got Char- and the mother. I don't think the mother does it either. So it's not the entire Flair family. <laughs> Most of them. Yeah. Reed, Ashley, and Rick are all doing the DX chops. <laughs> yep. Yep. To Rusi. A, f- a family suck it? What is this? A fucking trailer park? What the hell's going on here? <laughs> Just a disaster. It's miserable. Yeah. All right, moving on. We get a package for the, the the Human Torch match coming up next. Guy with the voice narrating this one. There's been a lot of fire and blood on the TV lately. Vampy's getting more sinister with his gimmick. So this next match is not going to end until somebody gets set on fire. What do you think of that? I think it's a bad idea. Didn't WWE already did the Inferno match at this point? Yeah. yeah. And the Inferno match wasn't, I mean, interesting concept. It was never really, I didn't like it, but it was an interesting concept. This is a similar but different concept, but I hate it. Vampiro's just gotten strange. He's gotten darker. Not in a good way. No, he's 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 sliding down, man. Yeah, sliding down, not sliding one in there. No. A vamp comes out. He lights up his torch. He's carrying what appears to be a gas can down to the ring. We're showing the fire department. They're on the they're on hand in the back. Because Mark Madden says that he wants he wants Sting to be set on fire. So there. Yeah, so there. 
So Sting's at the top of the set with the torch. He grabs the mic and tells Vampy to come up to him. Lights are way down for this one. And Vamp tells... Vamp gets mad at Madden for not telling him about uh, about Stinger being up there. And then I guess we just give up on the whole Vamp coming out to him situation as Sting propels down from the set. <laughs> yep. Sting, Sting says, Are you afraid of heights? This is like the first look into like what we would end up getting later on known as like the like the Joker sting. Right? This is the first kind of look into that, but it it's not good. The former brothers in paint. They're yeah. trying to settle their differences here. Tony's talking about the level playing field and Sting goes for an early scorpion death drop against the boot. Goes for it again, and Vamp moves. Grab, grabs, grabs the fuel can and just douses Sting with it. He's pretty soaked. Yeah, Tony doesn't call it gas. Or he calls it the liquid. <laughs> douses him with the liquid. And I want you to pay attention. I'm sure you did because you were watching it. But remember that when he douses him with the liquid, he douses his upper body. <laughs> Completely right. douses the upper body, right? Keep that in mind. Just keep okay. that in mind. Okay. Upper body, Eggie's even got his head too, right? It's totally the liquid, no. the flammable liquid is predominantly upper body area. Anyways, tell me more. He, he's at risk right now. Yeah, because he's right. got the liquid. So you want some more of this? I keep on giving it to me. All right, so they're battling up to the ramp with Vamp firmly, firmly in control. Sting whips out the great equalizer, the dick punch. And Tony says, I don't think anybody wants to see this. Well, nobody's cheering or booing. And then they did that weird shit with the lights. Mm-hmm. Like the lights cut and they used to play like, did you hear like there was thunder noises and shit like that? Yeah, yeah. They're making this to do a theatrical weird thing. Yeah. And they I know really why they do shit. Yeah, well, I think you know why. So they could get a stunt guy out there. Is that whole thing I'm, for that? I'm sure. I'm sure the stunt guy's already out there. Uh, so these like, guys are battling up on that thing on the the set that yeah. Sting first at first challenged Vamp to climb up on, and then I mean that was smart. You got the advantage when you got the high ground. We established this. Yeah. Uh, so. He, Came down, and then they're climbing back Looked around up <laughs> and saw that it was good. <laughs> yeah, this sucks, man. That was that was that was the thing. Like my notes over and over in this match were pretty much just this sucks. I'm not having fun. I'm not enjoying this. They're trying to make it to be very dramatic. It's not. It's not dramatic. The lights cut. Everything like you can't see shit. You still see, but. Sting gets lit on fire, right? Oh, yeah. And where was the fire on his body? On his back? On his legs. Oh, on his legs? Yes. So what about that? What about his whole upper body? And all the liquid? Yeah. So... I am, I tried to find, 
I tried to find the information on it. Couldn't find the information on it. I am fairly certain there was a stunt double doing that spot. I don't see any way that Sting does that spot. I could mm-hmm. be wrong, right? I very much could be wrong. But the the thing that I was thinking was if it is in fact Sting doing that spot, that liquid that was poured upon Sting earlier in the match is like anti-flammable liquid, right? Because the, the, the flames don't, the flames are just on like his legs, his lower legs. Now, I'm, to go back to the it's a stunt person, when he lands, right, he gets up and you can kind of see his paint and his paint's look, paint looks pretty crisp, which in a confines of a match, his paint probably gets smeared a little bit, right, usually happened. Mm-hmm. But when he does that front flip, you kind of look, it doesn't necessarily look like Sting. Hard to tell, right? Lights are all jacked up, face paint's mm-hmm. on, guy's on fire. Mm-hmm. He lands, and then everybody rushes to him. They spray the goddamn fire extinguisher like they're trying to put out the gates of hell. They empty them. They empty out a couple of them things. Yeah. And then they put a blanket on them as well. Yeah, whatever it takes, man. Yeah. So life saving business. I'm leaning towards stunt guy. But if not, I think that liquid was something anti flammable. I don't know for sure. Like I said, I did not find the actual answer. But I'm leaning towards stunt double, or if Sting did, I just don't see Sting doing it. Uh, Either way, I mean the match out of you know ten stars, it doesn't get any, right? No, I don't think I can give it a star. It's got like none stars. None stars. No, it's, it's um, the announcers there to loss for words. They're really trying to sell that this is a tragic thing that happened. <laughs> And this this isn't the first fire match, like you mentioned. The Kane and the Taker were doing the Inferno match. It's just another case of Rusey borrowing his own material. The more of this we watch, the more of that you see. You know. Accurate, yeah. All right, we're at the main event, man. We made it. Good. Good. Um. All right, what do you got? No, well... Yeah, there's a backstage segment, and then I'll get to the point that I wanted to make. All right, Vichy, he's in the back with the gal with the hoots. Still <laughs> on the phone, and he's still anxious. He doesn't want no surprises. <laughs> no surprise. You want a surprise? No surprise. Surprise my ass! <laughs> Classic. All right, next up, we're going to have Double J taking on Big Sexy, the Sexicutioner, Big Daddy Cool, Kevin Nash, for that World Heavyweight title. With Ernest Cat Miller, the current commissioner and member of the New Blood as a special enforcer. So you had you had a hot take over there. I'm going to send it over to you. Oh, yeah. So they sent all these guys out, right? Filthy animals. Weird spot for them to be in. Beginning of the card and now involved in the main event, right? Kind of strange. But then we get like a shot. I believe it. it I believe it's in Double J's entrance. I, I don't remember for sure. But you see like the full set and the ring. And I wanted to know what you thought about 
the full set in the ring because looking at it, it really looks like somebody went into like a WWE 2K game and started creating their own set and ring and then gave up. And then they just went, no, we're going to do pattern, a bunch of great American bash symbols around the outside. We'll put one in the middle too. We'll put some up there. Generic entrance, got it. It looks like somebody gave up on a 2K build. That's what the, the, the fucking <laughs> arena looks like, man. I think I could have done better, and I'm not good at that shit. I I did just kind of make a, a, a general note of the the haphazard set, but I didn't I didn't pick out anything specifically. The apron man was just the same logo over and over again, and the same logo over and over again on the apron is also the logo that they have in the center of the ring that's also hanging from the rafters. Like it, it's, I don't know, it was bad. And the, the, like the entrance that they use is the same entrance they use for the pay-per-views, but guess what? It's also the same entrance they've been using for Nitro and fucking Thunder. Mm. What are you doing to set your pay-per-views apart? They got to save money, man. Sucks. Sucks. You know what we'll do? Put like, uh, put like six. Yeah. Six great American bash logos on each side of the ring. That'll be good. And then, uh, just in case people forget, I'll put one in the middle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you want to know what you're watching. That's that's for sure. All right, man. So, yeah, like you mentioned, we got Disco Inferno. He's a special belt keeper. Ray, <laughs> <laughs> Ray Mysterio is a special ring announcer. K-Dog is going to be the special bell ringer. He would be the bail ringer. <laughs> Tony says, did you just say bail ringer? <laughs> and another instance of uh, leveling the playing field here, because we got Big Sexy, he's a bigger man, so I guess. Uh, I don't know. Well, it is nice to see see Nash, I guess, uh, earning his paycheck here. I think have we seen Nash wrestle? No, nah, it's the first time this this uh, this run. Uh, he gets, he uses his power early uh, to get the early advantage. Then all of the the special bell keepers and belt keepers and ring announcers and they'll get on the apron to provide attraction <laughs> and bail ringers. <laughs> I, so obviously that I want to touch on one thing because you're getting right into the like the meat of the bullshit. Mm-hmm. Before all that, Nash and Double J are working a pretty goddamn good match. Yeah, yeah. Like bef- before, they go into like the filthy animals going one by one with their gimmicks and fucking this match up. They're having a good match. Why can't they just have a good match? It's not how, how many it works, times? Man. How many times have I said that this this run of episodes? Why can't we just have two guys have a good match? And how many more times am I going to have to say it? Probably every episode. Now, do you think that's maybe why people fucking gave up on WCW? Because they just didn't let two people go have a good match that people wanted to see? They fucking... They, it's like you had a sweet-ass batch of Kool-Aid, right? It's great, right? It's a punch, right? Fruit Punch Kool-Aid. You love it. Is that your favorite? Yes. 
And you're like, we got this great Kool-Aid, right? Let's pour everybody a cup. So they pour everybody a cup. And then they go ahead and they, they're like, okay, well, now we're just going to drop some piss in each one of those cups. And let's see if you still like your favorite flavor. You're not going to like it. There's piss in it. You're right. Fuck WCW. Well, like you mentioned, Nash, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, Nash hits his usual high spots. Uh, the trifecta of the, you know, the, the, the elbows and the knees and the boot in the corner. Really playing to the big guy's strengths there. But yeah, the filthies, the filthy animals are involved on uh, multiple occasions in, the, occasions in this match. We get a Goldberg chant going. You think he's you in think, that monster truck? Uh, you think we're going to see him? I don't know, I don't know how he's going to get inside. There's all those 1979 cop cars out there. Right. <laughs> you know, it's not like he's got to get past medieval knights and samurai. <laughs> they would have been, done a better job, I think. Well, and the area outside's pretty secure, so we probably don't have to worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two battle into the crowd. Eventually, Nash grabs a chair and gives it to Double J. Eventually, they get back to the ringside area. Ray hits Nash with the knee, with in the knee with the chair. Jarrett works over the legs with the chair, going for a figure four. He's got it. Uh, did he get her locked in? No, he doesn't. Nash throws him off, but Double J slaps on the rarely used half Boston crab. Half, yeah. Eventually, gets the figure four locked in, and at this point, I got Nash has been laying on the on the mat for quite some time. Well, he's got to recoup. He's a big guy. We're talking three, four minutes or so, I, I suppose. Yeah. Give him a break. Finally, gets to his feet, and then Conan, the K Dog, hits him with the ring bell. Nash kicks out at two, makes a comeback with his big side suplex, and he gets the belt from Jarrett and smacks him with it. Goes for the cover. Disco jumps on top of the ref. The Filthies do a number on this executioner, and Mickey J is out like a light. Gives Cat the opportunity to get in there. So it's a seven-on-one affair, essentially. Yeah. I got Ray and Hoovy look real small next to Nash. Oh, yeah. Big time. You should go back and watch that Nash-Ray uh, program they did. He looks like tiny. Looks like a little baby. A little baby. Well, baby. Hey, baby. Uh, Jared has a really shitty stroke, and he gets a two. He grabs the guitar, goes to the top. Nash catches him with the choke slam. Goes for the pin, and then Cat counts the two, and then gets something in his eye, so he can't count the three. <laughs> I guess you got to be able to see the guy's shoulders, right? That You know, I was going to say, go back into my whole, God, I hate WCW bit at this time but you're right you got to be able to see it so that's a fair that's a fair catch by by cat can't call what you don't see and if you don't see both shoulders down you can't you can't call it nash nash then hits a jackknife onto the cat then gets one on to double j uh mark robs comes out to make the count and now we got rick steiner out there too he breaks it up the new blood are all ganging up on Nash. Ray hits a Bronco Buster. And then what do we get? 
Tank Abbott comes out. And then Scott comes out. And they battle each other to the back, because it's a perfect spot to have that happen. <laughs> I didn't even make note of that. Yeah. And then somehow, some way, the Goldberg monster truck has made a pass security and is in the building. Yep. We, but they're the area was like they're not even like chasing them in there. No, no. You know, you would think you would have like shot out the tires, maybe. Yeah, it's spike strip. Uh, I don't know if that would work on a monster truck. Those are pretty beefy tires. Uh, but still, you you should have this. Have this guy surrounded at gunpoint. I mean, yeah. Uh, they had the Hulkster surrounded at gunpoint last time, so. Yell and shoot him. Shoot him. Shoot him. <laughs> shoot that man. <laughs> All right, so the Goldberg monster truck makes it in. Into the staging area. And then. He gets in the ring. Instead of, and instead of spearing Double J. He spears Nash, enabling Double J to pick up the win. Madden yells, surprise, surprise. So this was the big surprise. Let me, let me ask you this. We're going to go ahead and agree. This, there is nothing redeeming about this event, correct? Maybe the worst pay-per-view we've watched. I forget what the last worst pay-per-view I've ever seen was, but this might be the new worst pay-per-view I've ever seen. Right? Are we close to agreeing on that? Slamboree got a little bit better, but then this one brought it right back down. Way down. Way down. Yeah. Uh, I do believe that Rusi uh, quit like within the week after this event. I believe he comes back, but he did he did quit after this event. I don't remember what the exact timeline was. It might have been two weeks, something like that. But yeah, he walked out because he was pissed off because he didn't want to write in a group. He's supposed to be the head, head of creative. He's got the final say, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the company is just in the fucking shithole. Horrible, right? Horrible. If... so. Okay, go, go, go ahead. If, say, you work for WCW and you work for the sales team, right? And you just came off your hot pay-per-view, the Great American Bash, right? The Summertime Sizzler. And you are now tasked to sell the event that just happened, right, to somebody. It's already a package. You got to sell it. What the fuck do you point to to try and get somebody interested or intrigued in this event? Hogan and Flair are on it. It's Goldberg heel turn, man. Okay. Now, I was hoping that you would go there. Because look at the amount of talent that they have on this card. 
from top to bottom, right? They have Shane Douglas. They have Ric Flair. They have Hulk Hogan. They have, even though I'm not a fan of the Filthy Animals as a unit, individually, with the exception of Disco, they're all talented performers. They have, they have Chronic, who's an outstanding like tag team that people are getting jazzed about, right? They have talent, t- fucking DDP, top to bottom. They have phenomenal talent. And they put this event out that is one of the worst events I have ever seen. I think the only good part about this entire event, right, with the exception of obviously, you know, you could throw your cheap plugs in there for Major Guns and Miss Hancock and Kim, of course, but the only, like, enjoyment I got out of watching this entire show was the cop telling Bischoff the area was pretty secure and Bischoff going, secure my ass! That was the only time I found anything remotely enjoyable about this. And look at the fucking roster. Horrible, man. Horrible. Sounds like this might be a contender for your your worst show. It's it's it might be, man. It may be the worst of all time. It, it it's just I'm having a, it's so bad I'm having a hard time remembering what the former worst of all time was. Yeah, this thing ends with Billy Boy and Oh, Billy, Billy, Billy. Brucey and Bischoff hugging and celebrating and fans aren't too pleased. Which I suppose that's what they're going for. You know, get some trash thrown at them. Yeah. All right, whatever, man. It's bad. Double J. Well, your guy wins and retains. Yeah, I like Double J. That's one of the hard things, too, is like Double J is way better than this. And his legacy is uh, forever will be tied to the dying days of WCW. Sucks. But you know what we got next, man? Get your Hulk Hogan fucking raft ready. Because it's time for Bash at the Beach. You want me to pump it up? Pump it up! It's Bash at the Beach! It's a new song I'm working on for the next show. Pump it up! We're going to Bash the Beach! With the Nate Top Boy, bash the beach. Gonna pump it up to Hulkster Raft, bash the beach. How do you like it? Pretty good? You got something there. Yeah, you might want to save that audio for the Bash at the Beach episode. <laughs> it's saved. So, uh, I got the card here. We got L- Lieutenant Loco versus Hooventude for the Cruiserweight Championship. So, again, mm-hmm. another Cruiserweight Championship to over- open the card. Got Vito... Uh, against Norm and Ralphus. Oh, good to have Norm back. Daphne yeah. against Miss Hancock in a wedding gown match, which usually means somebody's losing some clothes. Mm-hmm. Take off damn clothes at the bash the beach! <laughs> uh, we got, <laughs> we got uh, Chronic against the perfect event. <laughs> Which is, <laughs> all right. Which is uh, the perfect event is perfection, and uh, the plum bag. Mm-hmm. We got Canyon against Booker T. Mike Awesome 
against Scott Steiner. We got Vamp Vampiro! Vampiro! He's going up against a demon. demon. We have Van Vampiro and the Vampiro and the demon. One on one. Two men. Two men in a match. Got a it's match. not enough. It's not enough to have it just be a match. Alright. Got a match. We got Vampiro, we got the demon. We're gonna put him in a graveyard. We call it a graveyard match. Ooh. What are the rules we don't know? We don't know what the rules are. It's graveyard. With Vampiro, the demon, Oklahoma. We got uh we got uh the Dougler, Franny, French, whatever you wanna call him. Shane Douglas versus your boy Buffy Bags. <laughs> oh man, the tag team must have broke up. Yeah, unfortunately, because that was going somewhere, I'm sure. Uh, and then we have uh, Hollywood Hogan versus Double J. Yeah, Jeff Jarrett. A good one. We got uh, Goldberg versus Nash, and then we got Booker T versus Double J. All right. I'm almost certain that this show is better than the show we just covered. Golly, I hope so. The show that we covered was horrible. But we made it through, man. We're done. Yeah, we made it through. So if you made it through with us, we want to thank you for joining us. Give me a one-bone salute. And we will see you next time. I want to thank you for tuning in. I am New Kevin Rose. I You leave it here. <laughs>